Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Sharing Everything. I'm your host, Joe Balecki, and with me is my wife. I'm Katie. Balecki. Balecki. Because that's what happens when you get married. Yeah. You just, you share each other's names. And, um, I don't know, how's it going so far? The marriage. Good? Yes, I'd say so. Yeah? You're for yeah. it? Yeah. I'm for it, too. Let's continue. All right. Um, so this is this is Sharing Everything, the show wherein we make each other watch movies that we like. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Person A has seen movie. Person A enjoys movie. Person A watches movie with person B. And then the next week, person B is in charge. Yes, yes, that is how it works. That's how it works. That's the math the math way of saying it. So, oh my goodness. <laughs> so as Katie throws her phone around, she will, she'll tell me, she'll collect herself and tell me, and you, the listener, what movie we watched most recently for the show. We watched We Are the Best. Yeah, and what's that movie about? Well, it's about a group of girls in Sweden in the 80s. Uh, Two of the girls kind of decide they want to start a punk band. Mm -hmm. Um, And they recruit a third girl who is a very religious and proper girl to become part of their punk band. And then... Not only do they recruit her to be part of it, they kind of say, hey, teach us how to play our instruments. Yes. Um, And it's kind of just the story of them living their lives as normal, I think, preteens or teens, like 12 or something. They gotta be like 12. Um, And also them trying to become a punk band. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is one of the types of stories that you like. Yeah. This is a coming-of-age movie. Yes, it is. It's a coming-of-age movie by way of Joe Blecky, so it's <laughs> not your your normal coming-of-age story. No. Uh, it was in Swedish. It was. So we had to read subtitles. Yes, we did. And um, it focused around music mm-hmm. and uh, it was, you know, not not your your fluffy little... Uh, uh, fun movie. Yeah, not the, not the ones that I am fond of showing you. Yes, <laughs> but still in the in the the realm of of the genre you like. Mm-hmm. So, what did you think of the movie? I liked it. Um, I've never seen. Actually, I don't know if this is true. I'm not sure if I've ever seen a Swedish movie before. But it was. A little bit hard for me to follow dialogue and stuff just because I couldn't tell who was saying what based on the subtitles. Oh, yeah. You kind of just needed to very quickly understand who the characters were mm-hmm. so that you could divine, especially when you couldn't see their face because their voices sound alike because they they're, they're preteen girls. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed the story. It was... I kind of liked how it wasn't like... I mean, it kind of was like an underdog story or whatever. Oh, definitely. But they still, like, they didn't really succeed at the end. So it's kind of like a twist on that, I guess. Um, okay, we'll get into that. So they're, 
trying to figure out where to play, mm-hmm. right? Where to play their music. They tried the school, I don't know, I guess talent show, like winter concert mm-hmm. thing. I guess it's a talent show. Mm-hmm. You'd say it's a talent show. And it's all full up, so they don't do that. But the rec center that they go to, the youth center, uh, decided to organize a concert with another rec center in a different city, city yeah. town. And so they go there and they play there. Mm-hmm. And what happens? Well, they get up on stage and they're following another band from their own youth center. Mm-hmm. Iron Fist, I think is what they're yeah. called. And they are up there and everybody loved them. Mm-hmm. And then it's time for their band to come on. Did they have a name for their band? Mm. And I think they were just introduced as a girls band or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, so they didn't really have a name. They get up on stage. They start trying to play. Um but for some reason, like, the crowd just starts berating them. And so the singer, she starts putting in lyrics like this. Like, I can't remember the name of the town. This yeah. town sucks. Hate this town. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, so the, the, one song, kind of, the one song that they have is is hate the sport because they, they hate gym class. Yeah. So they make a punk song about hating sport. But it's really easy to, to change the chorus from hate the sport, hate the sport, hate the, hate the, hate the sport to whatever. Hate the town, hate the town, hate yeah. the, hate the, hate the town. So that incites more riot from the crowd. They actually start coming in up to the front of the stage and start throwing stuff at them, mm-hmm. kind of like hitting them, yelling at them, calling them awful names. And all the, all the adults have to hold everyone back. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I guess. It didn't really seem like they... they. I mean, they were keeping people from getting on the stage. Yeah. You can't keep people from throwing things. Yeah. So, yeah, and then they leave. They get on the bus. So the two, Iron Fist and the girls band, and, the, like, the directors or whoever of the youth, mm-hmm. youth center, they're all on the bus at the end of the movie coming back. And the directors are like, you guys were awful. We want to come back here and you're making it terrible and blah, blah, blah. And uh, Iron Fist is like sleeping in the background like they don't mm-hmm. care. And the three girls are just like, no, we're awesome. We're the best. Mm-hmm. And then they just laugh and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like they didn't even care. Like they weren't really all that upset. No, because that's a super punk thing is yeah. to get the crowd super angry at you to the point where they want to rush the stage. Yeah. So they did sort of succeed within the scope of the genre of music they were playing. Mm-hmm. But what about the other aspects of the film? Because there's a couple little subplots that, that are going on. Yeah, too. so one of the subplots is they, I assume it's some sort of local magazine. Mm-hmm. They read about this other punk band, Three Boys, um, who are having some sort of local music success. So... Somehow they get a hold of their phone number, they call them, mm-hmm. and they arrange some meeting, and they kind of are looking at the magazine, the three girls in mm-hmm. the band, and they're like, oh, he's cute. I pick him, and you can have him, and the other girl's like, okay, that's fine, because he's cute. So they ha- they picked out their yeah. matches or whatever. Then they go meet them, and so they get on the train, and they it seemed like a rather long trip, but they get off, and they go meet these three boys, and I was expecting them to be, like, either, like, teenagers or men. But mm-hmm. they were, like, boys, like, yeah, their they age. Were, they were, I think they said they were in eighth grade. Oh, okay. So, that was weird. But, so they get off and they go meet these boys. And it 
turns out that one of them who okay i can't recall it's bobo who's the other bobo clara clara and and hedvig hedvig so bobo is she has really short curly hair and glasses Mm -hmm. um clara she's more she has like a mohawk Mm -hmm. and then hedvig is the one she was the the church girl Mm -hmm. and she had long hair classically trained on the guitar yeah Yeah. and they cut her hair to be sort of like a short spiky punk looking hair style Mm -hmm. too however uh and it ended up just turning into like a skrillex-esque undercut yeah because she didn't want to spike it up yeah um but so the bobo is she's kind of i guess clara would be the more like outgoing or Mm -hmm. outspoken yeah confident and she's the one who assigned Bobo, this boy, to be her match mm-hmm. because Clara's like, I'm in charge. And then when they get to meet the three boys, Clara all of a sudden scoops up Bobo's match mm-hmm. and is like, I like him. And that's because when they get there, mm-hmm. there's only two boys. Yes. Because the one what Clara chose mm-hmm. got kicked out of the band for liking a less punk Yes. Band, <laughs> which is such a 12-year-old thing to do. Um, so then we get this little scene of the two boys in an elevator going to get a key for their rehearsal space because they're going to play a song for the girls. And you hear this conversation and they're like, oh, which girl do you like? And the one who was supposed to be with Bobo says that he likes Clara. Mm-hmm. And the other one's like, I, I don't know, I guess Hedvig. Yeah, I guess she's fine. Uh, she's fine. And so they play their song for them and it's, I don't even know, it was really bad. It was um, Reagan and Mushnev fuck off. Yes. Which <laughs> is funny because at that time Mushnev was not al- alive anymore. Oh, really? but, it, but it was like an anti anti Cold War song. Okay, it was like you guys should should stop being children and stockpiling all these weapons. Mm-hmm. But um, through through the mouths of babes. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So then after they play the song, they sort of break off into their two little dates or whatever. Mm-hmm. So Hedvig is talking to the one guy, but Hedvig, I don't know. I don't feel like she's all that interested in him. No, I think she's just like, well, it's nice to have friends. I guess yeah. I'll just go along with these girls. And Clara and Bobo go up on the roof of the building with Punk Boy, who's with Clara. Mm-hmm. And Bobo's just kind of like feeling like a third wheel. Mm-hmm. And then they leave, and we find out that Bobo, <sighs> children in their relationships. I don't even know how to go about this. Apparently, Bobo goes to this boy's house. Oh, yes, this is a little bit later. Yeah, uh, and brings him a record that she thinks he will like. Mm-hmm. They go there and listen to the record, and they, like, hug or something. He puts his arm around her. Oh, he puts his arm around her. Okay, that's a little intense. It's also very <laughs> innocent and cute. I yeah, love it. Yeah, um, and then she's like, hey, do you want to do this again sometime? And he's like, yes, but I'm still with Clara and so she's kind of disappointed but she goes home and she tries to get out of clara so has he called you have you guys talked lately clara's like no he hasn't talked to me i haven't heard from him um and then a little bit further in the story uh it kind of comes out that the boy cheated on clara with bobo Mm -hmm. and clara gets so upset (laughs) she doesn't know the details that cheating meant oh she went to his house and he put his arm around her which 
not great. However, they're children and they have very warped ideas of how relationships yeah. work. And they hadn't spoken. Yeah. So that's <laughs> the thing too is, is is Boba's like, well, has he called you? And she's like, I don't think I'm in love with him anymore. He doesn't mm-hmm. ever, ever call me. So she goes over to his house and afterwards she's like, yeah, no, I think I'm in love with him. Yeah. Um, and so then that's the incitement for Bobo and Clara having their blowout and uh, like right before they're supposed to perform, it seemed like mm-hmm. like relatively soon before that. Um, and so Hedvig is kind of trying to play the peacekeeper, but she kind of takes Clara's side. And so Bobo's sort of on her own for a while. Mm-hmm. But but she does sort of bring them together just by like forcing them to talk to each other, which yeah. is really all it takes at that age. Yeah. So that was that subplot. And then there's the other th- subplot with Bobo's mom. Yes. Which is which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So what's that all about? Um. So at the beginning, the movie opens with Bobo's mom's birthday party. Mm-hmm. Um. It's a bunch of old swedish well not old they're not old i think it was her 40th 40 year old swedish people in their 40s um they're all celebrating and having a good time and we kind of commented man swedish people are a lot more fun than american people (laughs) they're all just getting drunk with this 12 year old around yeah and she's bobo's just kind of sitting there just like staring like she's not having a good time um yeah, because it's embarrassing watching your mom get shit-faced on her birthday. Yeah, but, I mean, it would be embarrassing if she had done that, like, either in public or around people like Bobo's age. But it was, like, with her own friends, you know? Yeah. So it's just kind of... It's just weird to watch your parents yeah. do that, though. Um. So, and in this scene, uh, Bobo's mom has her boyfriend there. can't remember his name. It doesn't matter. Um, and they all seem very... Uh, touchy-feely like they're in love and everything mm-hmm. um i can't recall exactly when in the story the next thing happens but bobo's mom comes home she gets in bed and she's crying and bobo goes and she's like mom what's wrong and she kind of reveals that she and dude mm-hmm. are no longer together um and let's see and then what happens Oh, later she gets another boyfriend, and there's a scene where Bobo's dad shows up. Oh, that's right. So Bobo's dad shows up for dinner, mm-hmm. um, and Bobo's very anxious to go to Clara's house to rehearse for the band. Mm-hmm. So she's just kind of, like, not having it. She's like, can I go? And the dad's like, sure, let her go. And the mom's like, no, we have to have dessert. Dessert is very important. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just dessert. Um, and, Yeah. I don't. So, so overall, so this is a movie kind of like with watching instructions not included, where mm-hmm. there's questions about the culture that that we're unsure mm-hmm. is this a representation of the culture? Is this a parody of the culture? Is this satire? Uh, is this completely a fantasy land that Swedish people don't actually ever act like this? Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a f- I've seen. A handful of northern european movies but they're generally fantasy or historical mm-hmm. sort of things so this is really my only like almost modern day because this came out in 2014 but it takes place in the 80s mm-hmm. and did you have any any sort of things like what i had with instructions not included watching this movie where it's like did i really do that in sweden well, there were, it took me a, a little bit to get, like, 
get a grasp on what the um like the youth center was mm-hmm. like i couldn't tell if that was their school or if that's just like a like a ymca type thing okay that was popular for kids to go to yeah what i think and this is from no research and just mm-hmm. context clues i think there is one I think probably if you wanted to start a youth center, if there wasn't one in your town, you would apply to the government and the government would give you funding mm. because Northern Europe, mm-hmm. lots of lots of government things like that. Uh, so I think that that's what that was. These two dudes were like, well, let's do a youth center. Yeah. Um, because they, you know, had like a ping pong table and a foosball table and a couple instruments Mm -hmm. and they were saving up to get instruments and it didn't seem like you had to go to the youth center. Mm -hmm. It was just a resource there for you to go after school if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't really feel like there were, at least from what we were shown in the movie, that there were too many, like differences or things that seemed very very opposite or different from what our culture is like um maybe the fact that um clara's brother was able to have this huge party i don't know yeah Um, but again so that's the other thing is that it takes place in the 80s so a lot of that stuff could just be like oh well it's the 80s yeah that's true um yeah i mean yeah, there weren't too many things where I was confused or thought, hmm, is this normal or whatever. Yeah, a lot of the things that seemed odd could just be chalked up to the 80s, like them taking hours-long train rides just by themselves. Yeah, I think that's a thing in big cities, is that it's more normal for kids to go on public transport by themselves. Yeah. Which I think they were in Stockholm, weren't they? They were in a suburb of Stockholm, is what okay. it seemed like. Or at least that's where the boys lived. Something like that. Um, did you notice, and this might be something that you... I noticed it more watching it this time after having read about the movie. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that a lot of the dialogue was improvised? No, did I didn't. Did it feel improvised? Mm-mm. Or did it feel... How did the dialogue feel? Um, well, like I said, it took a little bit for me to catch on to who was speaking. Yeah. Um, so um, I don't feel like it seemed very improvised and that could just be like because i was reading it instead of Mm -hmm. listening like i was listening to it but i was more so paying attention to the words on the screen um but i mean that's that's pretty cool because they're all relatively young and they were able to make it seem natural so Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool they were 12 year olds playing actual 12 year olds yeah or actual 12 year olds playing 12 year olds but yeah there are a lot some things i noticed watching it a second time where there were inconsistencies and i can't think of a specific example but there were inconsistencies with things that the kids were saying where it was like this should never happen and then like in the next scene the same person's like this should always happen really yeah there there were some things like that were just like predilections or, or preferences where it was like i hate this oh i love this and, you know it seemed to change and it wasn't like a big deal it was just the kids talking so it could be inconsistencies just because that's the way that the improvisation was going but it also just kind of felt real because that's just sort of how kids are kids are very flip floppy and so 
again, this being a foreign film, it's kind of hard to tell. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, like with the show Riverdale, we've mm-hmm. talked about this before, and I think even on this show, how the dialogue seems to be written by a person who hasn't spoken to a teenager in probably 40 years. Mm-hmm. Whereas allowing improvisation to happen makes the the dialogue just seem more real there was a lot of talking over each other yeah definitely um which is probably where a lot of the confusion was happening Mm -hmm. just just talking over each other so you just have two lines of subtitles happening at the same time um but what do you think i guess we can just talk about in general and then dial it into this movie what do you think about child dialogue in in movies and tv and heck books because it often seems just not great. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It seems like for kids' dialogue to feel realistic, um, it has to hit this really sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and often it just doesn't. Um, either in media or books or whatever, they have kids talk way more sophisticated than they would in real life and have these grand ideas and so eloquently put everything together and have something you know kind of just be very insightful yeah and in this moment i could swear we were (laughs) infinite no 14 year old ever thinks that in their entire life baloney um yeah so like of course kids have moments of insightfulness and wisdom but it's never going to come out that eloquently no um and you know in defense of some dialogue like i feel like when i was a kid at least when i was like you know 12 or something i thought i was really smart and i wanted to be a writer so i was like in my mind always trying to frame my thoughts in these like really interesting ways Mm -hmm. so that it would fit into a book or a movie like about my life Mm -hmm. so it really i think depends on the personality of the character who's speaking for stuff like that to work but a lot of the times it's just kind of like cringeworthy like kids talking like they're 40 no they don't and then the other end of the spectrum you have kids dialogue like throwing in all of these you know like references like to pop culture like so every sentence they say has some sort of reference in it every sentence that they say needs to be on rapgenius.com exactly so we can deconstruct it yeah. yeah um and i guess that has its place like there are some shows or movies where that kind of works because you're sort of thrown into this world where that's just what they do mm-hmm. um like I don't know if you've ever had... I Actually, I don't think you have ever watched like Gilmore Girls or whatever. Nope. That's kind of that show's thing where Rory was uh, 15 or 16 in the first season. And she, every single sentence, she and her mom, like every conversation they had was very snappy. And they had um, pop culture references like in every single conversation. And it's like stuff where Rory wasn't talking about like Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. She was talking about like old 40s hollywood stars and stuff like Mm -hmm. that so it's just kind of like but that's kind of her thing because she was influenced by her mom who was into all that stuff Mm -hmm. so you either got you know them making all these lofty observations about life or them putting in all these references to make themselves like young and cool and hip or you've got like just kind of generic kid dialogue where I can't think of any examples, but sometimes it seems like the dialogue is even too dumbed down for kids. Mm. 
where a character would logically be smarter than that and have something more interesting to say but it's kind of just like i'm a kid so i'm going to say one sentence and Mm -hmm. that's it yeah so we have seen lately a lot of kid media Mm -hmm. we just finished watching n with an e Mm -hmm. we watched it stranger Stranger things Things. too um and those three things have kids talking very differently Mm mm-hmm where where it sort of the raunchy 14 year old boy just everything is a dick joke everything (laughs) everything you can think of as a dick joke it to me the movie it was really close to how my friends and i talked yeah when we were that age where it was always just trying to be funnier than the other than everybody else Mm -hmm. um Stranger Things felt real to me because it's a whole bunch of D&D nerds. And yeah. so the way that they frame things like, oh, the, the whatever monster is just the Demogorgon because mm-hmm. that's that's what we have to link with. Uh, the problem with Stranger Things and I think the trap that it could fall into and maybe did is, is making period pieces. You People tend to boil down entire... Mm-hmm decades into a week mm-hmm. where i mean they even did it again in stranger things too where they have an evil dead poster but that still hasn't come out yet oh really yeah <laughs> it's like i get it's there thematically but the movie hasn't come out yet like the 80s didn't happen in a weekend yeah you know when they make when they make the nostalgic 2010s movie it's just going to be fidget spinners harambe and and um um Obam Gundam Scott style. Like, it's just going to be that, you know? It's going to mm-hmm. be like, oh, man, here's Harambe with a fidget spinner dancing like Sai. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, well, those happened, you know, five years apart from each other, but okay. Yeah. That's, that's fine. I, I think this movie, We Are the Best, didn't do that. Yeah. I and again, th- Sweden, I don't know, but they dressed like, you know, like... Like, kids who, who wanted to be punks would dress. Yeah, like, it was kind of hard for me to differentiate between what is 80s Swedish, like, culture mm-hmm. and what is just Swedish culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I just, like, the way they were dressing, like, I don't know if that was, you know, what everyone dressed like in Sweden or if that's like what punk kids dressed like in Sweden. Yeah. Well, there there was that little talk when um, one of the kids was talking to Clara and he said, you're just more like a progger, like someone who likes mm-hmm. pro- prog rock, progressive rock. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, the scarf. <laughs> and like those guys did the, the stereotypical like jacket with all the patches and the safety pins and the tight pants with the straps yeah but but they even said like oh they're they're mall punks mm-hmm. you know which i remember as a kid the term mall goth was it was a thing oh yeah where like the goth kids that were goth but only really dressed with things that they could buy from hot topic mm-hmm. uh because there were so many different types of of like goth kid but i remember that like fitting into one of those stereotypes was so novel and I because it required an amount of commitment that was hard to do as a person who doesn't have the money to buy their <laughs> own wardrobe. Yeah. Uh, but we did get sort of that like stereotypical '80s thing with the talent show. There were the girls doing the sort of like jazzer oh, size right. yeah. thing with the leg warmers. And at the beginning, the blonde girls who were 
chewing gum and had like the sideways mm-hmm. ponytails, ponytails yeah. and were dressed just very in pink. Like you got that right away that like, okay, so these girls are different and you're going to get used to their wardrobe because they're going to wear it all the time. But that was the other thing too, is that they basically just kind of wore the same clothes yeah, they did. Ev- every day. Yeah, Bobo had striped pants that she wore every single day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's the thing, too, that, like, when you're trying to fit into the stereotype, I don't think that you did this so much when you were that age, but Mm -hmm. me trying to fit into, like, the goth punk thing, like, I had a pair of black jeans Mm -hmm. because my parents would only let me buy one pair of black jeans, so I just wore that pair of black jeans every day. Same (laughs) thing. I had a black hoodie because they wouldn't let me buy more than one black hoodie. Mm -hmm. So I just wore the same hoodie and the same jeans every day because I wanted to wear all black all the time. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, you're going to give me this little little window to make that thing happen. This is what's going to happen. I don't think that was the case for Bobo. I think it was more just she didn't go out and buy clothes a lot. Mm-hmm. But that is that is sort of a thing where you, you, you get locked into this uniform mm-hmm. as a kid. Um, let's see. What else? What other things struck you about this film? We don't have a lot of trivia. Yeah. Um... I guess let's talk about when they cut Hedvig's hair and okay. how her mom reacted. Yes, that was fun. <laughs> and and then how Clara's dad reacted as he was telling them that. They oh yeah, somewhere. yeah. So they went over to Hedvig's house, um, I think, to help her watch her little sister when her mom went out. Yeah. Um, and they were kind of gonna do some like band stuff or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and. We had already established that Clara or Hedvig is like a religious girl. She grew up in a religious family. She's wearing a cross necklace all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has just kind of perfect, straight, shiny blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Um, long blonde hair. Yeah. Um, and so they kind of, I can't remember exactly how it came about, but they decided they were going to cut her hair. Well, they were, like, playing with it first. They, they were talking about how you can spike it up by using <gasps> that's soap right. or toothpaste, yes. which, ugh. Yeah, that's gross. And so they were just stressing it a whole bunch, mm-hmm. just kind of combing it like backwards teasing it, to make yeah. it backwards. And then they're like, let's just cut it. And so they take scissors, and Clara is the one physically doing the cutting, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, she just kind of starts chopping, and Hedvig is just kind of like staring like she's not really reacting i don't feel like oh well she she's very reluctant about it and so clara and bobo are like oh it's gonna look great it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be so cool oh and they do say something like if you want to be in our band you have to have punk hair or something Uh, like that that's possible too um and so like like you said earlier like hedvig just kind of seemed like she really wanted friends so Mm -hmm. i feel like she wanted to go along with it not necessarily because she wanted to, but she didn't also necessarily not want to go through with it because um, she really wanted, she really liked them and wanted to be friends with them. Mm-hmm. So they cut her hair and then they go home and then Bobo and Clara are hanging out um, in Clara's room uh-huh. and Clara's dad comes in and he's like, he's laughing. <laughs> yeah. I, ha- I have a theory that he was high the entire time. Yeah, he seemed like it. Um, yeah, he's just kind of like, you know who I was just talking to? I was talking to Hedvig's mom. And uh, she she says she's going to turn you into the police. <laughs> he's just laughing and laughing. And Clara and Boba are just kind of sitting there like, oh, no, what? 
what and um he's like so it seems you held Hedvig down and cut her hair against her will and he's still just laughing 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 and and uh I can't remember what Clara and Bobo said were they, they were they seemed like they were in disbelief like I feel like they thought he was joking yeah and just scared because the prospect of getting turned into the police at 12 years old yeah. is, is scary um so they go and have tea with Hedvig's mom. Yeah, this is the silliest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. And Hedvig's mom, she gives them tea and she sits down and she's just kind of looking at them very seriously and she's like, "So I don't want to have to turn you into the police. Here's what I think we should do. Why don't you give me one month and come to church with me every Sunday. And they're just kind of like, no, we don't want to do that. And she's like, oh, see, Hedvig didn't want her hair cut. That's not fair either. Or something like that. Yeah. She was kind of trying to compare going to church with cutting her hair. Yeah. Ugh. And I was very... The whole thing was, was awkward because there's there's several minutes where it's just like, do you want tea or do you want milk or sugar in your tea? It's like, oh, no. Oh, okay, no, I'll have some milk. Mm-hmm. It's like this very polite thing, and she's like, well, I guess you know that I'm going to turn you into the police. And, mm-hmm. and then turns out that Hedvig isn't even all that mad. She's more mm-hmm. embarrassed that her mom is a crackpot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's that scene at school the next day, and Hedvig's wearing a hat to cover her hair, and she doesn't sit down with Bobo and Clara like mm-hmm. she normally does. So Bobo and Clara go sit next to Hedvig and say, why didn't you sit with us? And she said, oh, I'm embarrassed because of my mom. I didn't think you would want me to sit with you. And so they pull her hat off her head, and then they have like a food fight and a giggle, and everything's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. What else? Uh, there's a thing that popped into my mind while you were talking, and now it's gone. Uh-oh. It's gone! Sorry. should keep a notepad in front of me. Yeah, I that's really a good sh- idea. I really should. Um, let's see. So this movie, to me, why did you think... This is a question we normally ask earlier in the episode. Why did you think I picked this movie for you? Um, well, I think because... Uh, we had just watched another foreign movie the week before, so it kind of popped into your head, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, you like music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like coming-of-age movies, mm-hmm. so you're kind of like, oh, this will be good. And I think, kind of like you said, it sort of illustrates trying to fit into a culture when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of did that yourself, and so maybe you could identify with that. Yeah, there's a lot of identifying that I did with this, especially... We sort of talked about this at the beginning of the episode where we were thinking that the climax concert wasn't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But as a 13-year-old trying to start bands and stuff, like that would have been just the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, it would. Like, even if it went that poorly, mm-hmm. you know, it, it still would have been, been great. Oh, the thing I wanted to talk about is how we get hints that Bobo, while she likes punk music isn't as into it uh, fanatically as Clara is. Hmm. Where they're at the they're at Clara's house for the party and they're just playing like eighties pop music. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh and yeah. and Bobo's like, Oh, your brother's taste in music is so good. I I feel like that was more so influenced by her crush on her brother. Yeah. Like she would have liked any music he had played because she liked him, mm-hmm. I think. 
there's other dialogue trains where she's like, oh, you don't have to like only punk music. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it seemed like they kind of made like references to Clara being the leader mm-hmm. and Bobo kind of going along with whatever Clara wanted. Yeah, until the end. I think that's like the biggest conflict mm-hmm. is that that conflict between wanting to be your own person and wanting to have friends and wanting to do whatever your friend says but not really wanting to do that and mm-hmm. it causes lots of conflicts in yourself. I think that's why lots of childhood friendships just sort of don't last forever like we think that they're going to. Yeah. And it has, I think, less to do with growing apart and more with just getting more agency mm-hmm. within yourself and you realize that either you're the one pushing everybody to do something that they don't really want to do or more likely that somebody is really just the boss. Yeah. And and that's not necessarily a relationship you want to be in. You don't want to be in a relationship where somebody who is your peer is in, in charge. charge of yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's why whenever we watch movies or their shows or whatever about a group of kids who were friends in high school or whatever, and then they grow up and they're all still that close. Shout out to Stephen King. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, eh, that's not how it works. Yeah. Well, I guess in Stephen King, like in, in Dreamcatcher and It, it's they're not quite as close, but they have that thing that binds yeah, them Yeah, and even in a movie we watch for the show, Now and Then, mm. with the four girls, Yeah, like, it's clear they aren't as close, but, like, they all come together and they still have that bond. Yeah, and, I mean, high school reunions are a thing, too. Yeah. Where it's, it's that same sort of thing, just facilitated by an outside force, where it's, hey, remember this thing that you went to because you had to, and you hated it, and everybody hated it, and everyone was miserable? Let's, let's every five years, how about we just go and, <laughs> and uh, remember that together? Yeah. Uh, what about the number three? The, the dynamic of having three children, I think, is unique to the coming-of-age genre. It seems to me, from the coming-of-age films we've watched just this year, that it's either two, it's either a boy and a girl, (laughs) or it's four with maybe the addition of a fifth person who's of the opposite sex. (laughs) So having three, did that at all change anything to you? Do you think that that did anything with the dynamic? Um... I don't know. That's an interesting question. I think specifically for this movie, we had the gung-ho Clara, we had the follower Bobo, and then we had the desperate to fit in Hedvig. Yeah. Um, so we kind of got different like forcefulnesses, if that's a word, different amounts of forcefulness in each of their personalities. Sure. Um, and it's sort of... So sometimes when you have casts or cast of characters with like a larger number like four or five Mm -hmm. you sort of especially in tv shows like every other episode there's like a different pairing of like two yeah we saw that in stranger things too yeah and like another show that comes to mind is like new girl well where Mm. they'll put like two characters who don't normally go together um and you get sort of like a like a fun storyline featuring those two characters like building their friendship um and so 
it feels like when there's three, there's not as much opportunity for that because it's always either the two are really close and then the third one like isn't quite doesn't quite fit in with their relationship mm-hmm. or like you've got like just three separate people but they all come together and always only hang out the three of them like it's never two mm-hmm. um and in this movie it was like very obviously clara and bobo and then hedvig was there sometimes mm-hmm. um which i feel like i feel like that's actually kind of more realistic um just because like pulling from my own childhood friendships like we had like in middle school and early high school we had like a rather large group of friends but everyone had their own other one person they were very close with Mm -hmm. and so everybody was their own separate friendship groups but then we would all come together sometimes but still really only talk to or hang out with our one person Mm -hmm. um so i feel like that's kind of what this was like just on a smaller scale yeah so it seemed like even though clara or hedvig came into the band and taught them how to play their instruments and taught them about music and all that stuff that she was really never going to be on the level of clara and bobo Mm -hmm. yeah i also think that when you have the four or five you Mm -hmm. have the archetypes that you have to fit you have to have the fat kid the black kid the two brunettes and the girl maybe yeah or with now and then i think it was like redhead fat girl two brunettes right or like blonde girl brunette girl Mm -hmm. whereas with with this and this might be a testament to swedish filmmaking or the fact that there were only three it was like you said there was fish out of water there was forceful girl and girl that we identify with Mm -hmm. and that's interesting i don't know because let's see we watched kings of summer was that with a group of three kids or was that yeah four? that was that was a group of three three yeah. okay so that's interesting too that that was three and that that had a very similar progression too where it was like and then some girls show up and the girl that you know our character mm-hmm. likes the the protagonist is, is ends up liking number two mm-hmm. so that's interesting i wonder if that's just sort of a thing that has to happen it's interesting to see the natural story arc progressions around these types of movies Mm -hmm. is that part of what draws you to it is the formulaic nature and i say formulaic because it seems to be there seems to be a formula not as a as a put down yeah um yeah i think so i think i feel like i've talked about this before but like when you're in like when you're that age you're really drawn to like routine Mm-hmm. Like, you really want to know how things are going to be. Like, you don't want abrupt changes or whatever. So, it's kind of just comfortable. Um, and so, I sort of like that, too. Like, I have, you know, sort of like, um, I guess, guilty pleasures, like, movies and shows and books that I like because they're comforting because I know the formula of you know you have this character you have this character and you have this character and they're going to either fall apart or get closer together or whatever so i kind of like the the predictability of at least certain elements of stories like this yeah i find that you can almost put coming of age in a genre like science fiction or fantasy Hmm. where there are these 
three or four types of stories that happen Mm -hmm. within the coming of age. Uh, And each of those has maybe three or four other branches of ways it could go. Mm -hmm. But really what you're doing is you're iterating on the same theme Mm -hmm. and just seeing, oh, the person that made this film tweaked this this way. And that's what makes it interesting is the tweak Mm -hmm. on the formula. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess that's sort of what I was even trying to get you to dial into with this one, is the tweak on the formula is that it's Swedish, mm-hmm. and that it's punk music, uh, rather than saving the family farm, or mm-hmm. dad's got a new girlfriend, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting, too. That, that you could almost just make coming of age like a, like a specific, larger genre. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What do you think? So this film didn't have what a lot of coming-of-age films tend to have, I think, where right at the end you kind of see how their life is going to go. They did that with uh, American Graffiti, Mm -hmm. and they do that with any of those Stephen King movies or, or Now and Later. I know it's called Now and Then, where either the whole movie is jumping back and forth or at the end it's... Mm-hmm. Jimmy became an accountant and married Stacy, and they're very happy to get her yeah. This just sort of cut off mm-hmm. a- after the thing, which is the thing that indie films do, is they just sort of end. Yeah, it's kind of more of like a slice of life thing. Instead mm-hmm. of this is this person's life story, this is this person's right now. Yeah. So, fun little game. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen to these girls in their life? Ooh. So now it's now it, it's 2017, and this film took place in 1982, I think. Okay. So it's 35 years later? Okay, so they're almost 50. Yes. Okay. How did these women's life turn out, and what are they doing now? Hmm. Because also nobody stays punk forever unless they become a mm, tattoo artist yeah. or are in a successful band. Um, I think for Hedvig, she's still kind of just going to be that timid, religious girl. This is this is the story that she tells her grandkids yeah, about the time that, that she was wild. That one crazy like school year, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I feel like it, maybe this experience sort of opened up her eyes to more more things outside of her her bubble of what her life is like so she'll be she's probably pretty open-minded but she's you know soccer mom you know she's Mm -hmm. she's the structured i have dinner on the table every night at six o'clock kind of lady um i feel like uh i want to say that bobo married clara's brother (laughs) i feel like bobo probably also did not stay punk i feel like yeah she was like kind of i didn't realize it as we were watching but you kind of saying that she didn't seem to be as into it like i feel like that's probably true she's probably more like since she's such a follower she probably kind of just follows the fads like when hip-hop came became popular she liked hip-hop and stuff like that Hmm. um so i don't know like i feel like that's kind of a cop-out to say that she's also more just like a normal average woman who has you know comings and goings of things that she enjoys and doesn't enjoy mm-hmm. but uh clara i feel like if anyone was going to continue a punk lifestyle it would be clara okay um i'm not i don't know 
she seemed more interested in the boys than the music that's true so i feel like uh, she maybe she did become some sort of tattoo artist or you know piercing artist or something maybe she still has like a mohawk but i don't think she's more if you don't like punk then you're stupid than she was Mm -hmm. back then i think i think that she became like a like a powerful businesswoman oh she, yeah where she took that type a attitude and that punk attitude and adopted it to like what can i do as an adult does she still have a mohawk no does she have purple hair Mm-mm. no oh. she just has really snappy suits all right and and she walks into the room and all the men quiver <laughs> so that's the other thing in this film is is this sort of sexism that would be a bigger issue, I think, in an American film, and mm-hmm. this was just sort of there, mm-hmm. where it was mostly with Iron Fist and the rec center guys. Yeah. Where it was like, oh, when Hedvig came in and they had the guitar for it, it's like, oh, like, oh, oh my I, can, gosh. I can show you how to do the guitar, and like, here, let's let's play something for them so they can kind of see what it's supposed to sound like, and it sounds awful. Mm-hmm. And Hedvig starts playing her her one song, one punk song that she learned on acoustic guitar, and they're like, oh, oh, very good. Yeah. Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, everyone's always calling them ugly mm-hmm. and, and, and whatnot. But it really yeah. wasn't the forefront. It was just sort of a symptom of... Mm-hmm being punk in a time when punk is is really starting to fade out yeah yeah because it kind of seemed like they were more expected to be like those gum chewing girls in pink at the beginning Mm -hmm. like that was the norm yeah and they were obviously they were the weird ones or whatever Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah i think that made me so mad when they're like let us show you how to play these instruments and Mm -hmm. they were just bad at it yeah i loved how they were just sort of smiling amongst themselves Mm -hmm. just like okay yeah yeah Mm -hmm. oh this is fun this is going to be something we're gonna laugh about later yeah which which i like that attitude more than the indignant no i know how to play yeah sort of thing which I feel like if it was an American movie, that, that it would be more likely that that would be the outcome rather than just the sort of sly, coy, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we'll let you teach us. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good scene. Because uh, I, al- I also feel like the fact that they were girls would have taken the forefront more in an American movie mm-hmm. where it would be like, this is the story of a girl band. Yeah. And that, like, that's kind of the thing. Like, in this movie, a lot, like, not very much of it was about them actually playing in their band. Mm-hmm. It was more about their lives and, oh, yeah, we want to practice this yeah. song. That, that was the MacGuffin that moved the story along. Yeah. So I guess that's why at the end, it wasn't as disappointing when the festival or whatever went poorly mm-hmm. because, like, that wasn't really the main story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see if there is any trivia. I don't think there was too much. I remember reading an article with an interview with a girl who played Clara. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because it was also something unlike what would happen in America where the interviewer said, cool, so like the movie did well mm-hmm. and you're popular now. What are you going to do? And she's like, ah, I'm going to go to school. <laughs> like, I'm going to take a break from acting. I don't really want to do it quite so much anymore where like the stranger kid things are you know everywhere right now mm-hmm. 
And we're going. And we're going. I thought that the movie looked like it was shot in the 80s. Yeah, it did. I liked that part of it a lot. It felt fairly authentic. Let's see. Trivia. Um, oh. The Iron Fist frontman giving the girls a high five after the gig at the end was not in the script. The actor improvised it during the take, and the director kept it in the film. That's really it. <laughs> it's fascinating. Fascinating. Um, but yeah, so I guess I guess the last question I'll ask before we wrap this up is... Oh, can we also talk about this real quick? So, opening weekend... Or the gross in in uh, the U.S. was one hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Okay. And I'm gonna quick look up the budget because I have a feeling that this was made on a on a very small budget. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanna I wanna make a quick argument. No, hold on. We are the best budget movie because it's just, here are the best phones. It's not going to show me quickly. Anyway, it's, it's not a very good SEO film. <laughs> no. We, we are the best is, is not not great. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to say, low budget movies that are good. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to turn a profit on a film that, you know, it costs $50,000 to make and you make $180,000. It's a lot more a lot more profit than making a film for $120 million. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we need it to make a billion dollars. <laughs> Jesus, okay. Let's see what we can do. Uh, that derailed my train of thought. I was going to ask you a question. Oh, one of the reviews I saw, like the top review on IMDb was, I just watched this with my 11-year-old daughter, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. So, we we plan on having children. Yep. Uh, once we can afford it. Yep. And uh, so, would this be um, one, of, one of your go-to movies to watch with our future daughter? And what would be the situation where you would say, Joe, what was that movie we watched a couple of years ago? <laughs> um... There are just so many movies in the world. I know. Um, So, I mean, I think this would be a great movie for her to watch. Um, I feel like, okay, so I'm going to make this hypothetical situation. Do it. Okay, so daughter, Mm -hmm. she's at school and she is told that she is not as good at doing something as a boy. Maybe she wants to join the boys football team or something Mm -hmm. and she's told you can't do that you're a girl and she's like but no i'm really good and they're like yeah but you're a girl and then i'll be like hey daughter let's watch this movie and it'll show you that you can do anything you can be in a punk band you can be on the football team if as long as you try or something like that (laughs) (laughs) i'm also wondering now that i've watched this movie is the movie too indie though what do you mean is it too so I feel like this is a coming-of-age film for adults to watch. Yeah, I feel like it would be hard for this movie to connect with a future child. Like, 
by the time that our kid is the age of the characters in this movie, she will be so far removed from the 80s and punk culture and everything. I mean, unless she grows up to be really into punk music, I don't know. Well. <laughs> I mean, she will have you, so probably. Yeah. But like, so I feel like it might be too difficult for kids of future generations to be into this movie like you and i were born in the decade right after the 80s so it was sort of just like part of our growing up like 80s references it's Mm -hmm. all very ingrained into us so for our kids it's going to be like the 2010s is what is going to be their 80s it's all going to be pokemon go and fidget spinners and harambe okay awesome i can't (laughs) wait so happy about that well i guess what i was getting at was more the uh, there's movies that are made for entertainment, and there's movies that are made to be art. Oh, and I yeah. wonder if, if this is more on the, the latter half of the spectrum for it to be worthwhile for a kid. I don't know. Guess we'll see. Because I don't la- like a lot of entertainment movies, aside from horror films, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a long time before any of our kids are going <laughs> to be allowed to see those as long as mom's home. <laughs> you know? It's going to be a lot of... Now, don't tell mom that we're going to watch Hellraiser, okay? No, no I hate that don't, movie. Don't tell mom. She's at the store. She's going to be at the store for a little bit. She's Christmas shopping, so she's going to... We got three hours. <laughs> so, we're going to watch Hellraiser. Don't tell mom, or I will return the presents that she is buying at the store right now. What is your... What is your lie going to be when I come home and say, Hey, guys, what'd you do today? What are you going to tell me? Oh, I don't know. We watched Zootopia 5 again. <laughs> Katie approves. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, we watched... Uh, Polly. We, yeah, we watched Polly for the 30th time. <laughs> well, every time I go to the store, you guys watch Polly. It's so weird. <laughs> All right. Well, if you have uh, comments or questions or criticisms or witticisms, you can email the show at sharingeverythingshow at gmail.com. Correct. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us at noisemakerjoe.com slash sharing everything as soon as I pay to renew the domain. You should probably do that. Which I'll probably, I think I'll have to do before I put this episode up. So it's just inside baseball that Joe is not organized. And um, what movie are we going to watch? Uh, next time. Well, I am very much in the holiday spirit. We will be watching Prancer. Prancer? Hardly know. Ha! How that elephant got in my pajamas, I'll never know. Alright. <laughs> I'm doing the Groucho Marx cigar <laughs> thing. Okay, so until next time, keep talking, keep sharing, keep loving, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye now.